Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of June 2nd, 2020, and this is officially episode number 437, and this is your host, as always, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. And uh, yeah, welcome to your weekly diversion from the crazy world that feels like it's slowly collapsing in around us. Uh, it's uh, crazy times. Uh, this year has just been a complete disaster. Uh, forget about the the reboot button. Don't even unplug it. Like this, this is just uh, the craziest stuff I've ever seen in my years on this planet. Uh, one thing after another. It's just uh, insane. And. Uh, don't want to get into all that political stuff. You guys all know what's going on. You watch TV. And a lot of people are, are mesmerized and glued to social media. They're afraid to turn away because they're they're afraid to miss something big that could happen that could affect our lives and our ability to travel again. So, yeah, more COVID on the way, possibly, along with all this craziness, zaniness, and burning and people arguing about everything. And, of course, everyone's right. And, uh, of course, everyone else is wrong because everyone has an opinion on everything nowadays. But uh, I'll give you some of my opinions here on some of this paranormal news. We got a lot of news this week, and it's strange because it seems like the paranormal news was pretty slow there for a little while, March and April. Uh, it's kind of picked up a little bit in May, and it seems like we get little spurts of cryptid. And then we have a lot of spurts of UFOs and so on and so forth, different things. Seems like it keeps flip-flopping back and forth between those two topics. Well, tonight, we pretty much got all UFO stuff for you. And so I'm a little excited about it. We've got uh, a lot of interesting stories, and we're going all over the world this week with all sorts of strange, out-of-this-world stories, pretty much. So we have a little bit of ghost stuff as uh, well as some monkey business that we'll talk about. Um, and it, Well, obviously there's a lot of monkey business going on all over the world. Uh, but, yeah, stay safe. That's that's biggest piece of advice. Uh, keep yourself safe, keep your family safe, and keep your head on a swivel, pretty much. Uh, that's all the advice I can offer you. Uh, let's see. So this last week, I've been hard at work on updating a page for the ParanewsInsider.com website. So the official Paranormal News Insider website, ParanewsInsider.com, because Paranormal News Insider is just too long. So I cut it down to ParanewsInsider.com. You're welcome, by the way. Uh so yeah, paranewsinsider.com. I'm working on a new page. I'm going to get rid of the links page. I don't really ever update that. Uh, it's just kind of just there. I don't think too many people really ever use it. 
and I haven't updated it in quite a while. So what I'm going to do, and I've been working on this off and on for quite a long time, as uh, some people in the chat room can attest to have been following the show for several years through a couple of different networks. I've been working on a page solely for books and not just any random paranormal books, uh, but books that I've talked about here on the show. And I used to do a segment called the book of the week or B O T W because everything has to be an acronym. Uh, so uh, B O T W book of the week. So the book of the week, uh, I started, gosh, I don't remember when sometime in 2015 and it went all the way through, I think April of 2018, and then uh, the show uh, came to this current network, and I really never picked up that segment. I just kind of left it behind. Uh, it's pretty hard to keep up with because uh, all the books that I talk about on the show, I read, and I reread right before I, not before I come on the air, that's crazy, but uh, probably about the week or so before that, and I used to theme the book around what was a big story on the show. And that was just, just took a lot of work. And I have, uh, well, three bookcases full of books. So I have plenty of books, uh, although I've pretty much gone through a majority of the, the best stuff. Uh, but that's where you come in. So if you have any kind of books that you're interested in hearing about, granted, I got to get my paws on it and read it. Um, but maybe it's uh, not on the list yet, but it, Hopefully I'll have that list done sometime this week and I'll have it posted through all the social media outlets so you can find out and you can peruse that if you've not listened to the show and, and you've not seen all the old archives, which are available also on paranewsinsider.com. Um, I switched over to Podbean, I forget, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, uh, but all the ones prior to that are, well, they're right on my website. So they're hardwired into the website. Uh, but every single episode of this show, even back to when I was five years old, okay, I wasn't that young when I started the show, but uh, way back in 2008, every single show is right there on that website, one way or the other. And uh, it started out with this show with very short segments, and it was a segment on a different show. So it was part of the Grand Dark Conspiracy was the uh, the show that this show started within. So it was a really short segment. I uh, did it. It was a monthly show for two years, and then we went uh, to a weekly format. And then uh, they've been on my own for like know, four or five years, something like that. So um, that's when the show went to an hour-long segment of news, uh, which speaking of which, I should probably jump into, but... Uh, again, books of the week, uh, I'd like to bring that back, even if I'm not doing it every single week. And I'd really like to get input from you guys, the listeners, on different topics, different books. Uh, maybe you've read that I've not had or not read, and I'll try to hopefully get a hold of it. Uh, might take a while. Uh, don't really have an unlimited budget for the show uh, with all my vast sponsors Wait, I don't have any sponsors. Uh, so, yeah, it may take a little bit of time. But, uh, again, I probably, if you know, there's a book you can think of, there's a pretty decent chance I've had it. We had uh, well over 100 and, I think, 120, maybe 130 books of the week. 
which doesn't sound like a lot, but wait till you see the list. It's uh, quite exciting. But uh, hopefully I'll have that site updated and finished and out to you uh, next week. Uh, speaking of updating, I did not. And you're probably going, thank goodness, because we don't want to sit through that again. I uh, did not update the events listing. Uh, I kind of just needed a break from that, from week after week of changes and updates and everything. But uh Again, my biggest advice on that is if you are considering going to a paranormal conference or convention, which I know a lot of you guys are because you're tired of sitting around the house, tired of being locked down, locked up, quarantined, whatever you want to call it, uh, just be sure that you know the return policy or the cancellation policy if you're going to get your money back or not. And again, uh, you know, this COVID-19 is not over despite... States allowing people to mix and mingle, go out to the bars if your state allows that. Um, we got a ways to go with this, so don't don't get too excited too quickly. And, and again, keep yourself safe above all else. So uh, hopefully, if there are any major changes, uh, we'll be looking at that during the week, and I'll let you guys know. Or you just check out the website, paranewsinsider.com, and you'll see the events tab at the top uh, and as always social media outlets facebook facebook.com forward slash para news insider and twitter at para news insider and i try not to inundate you with too much um too many too many links too many things at all so um that being said to one other thing I want to mention really, really quick is if you go to the website, paranewsinsider.com, you'll notice that on the front page, I've added a link for the paranormal poll. Once again, it's alive and well. So go and take the poll. So I have uh, a couple of new polls on here in addition to uh, one old one. And uh, the, the new poll that I've added one of the two new polls that I've added is, what is your favorite nonfiction paranormal book? Uh, so I've given a list of six books, two basically two in each category. So two cryptozoology books, two UFO books, and two ghost books. A lot of these are my favorites. That's why I put them on there. Uh, so you can vote for that if that's one of your books is in that list. If not, again, let me know. You can contact me through Facebook uh, the contact link on the website or Twitter or however. I'll check this stuff usually about once a day at least. So you can get a hold of me that way. Uh, I want to get you guys involved. I want to get back in, into the books thing. I really enjoyed that, and I really miss talking about books. So we do a lot of movies and things, which we got some stuff tonight. Speaking of which, about movies. And last week I talked about uh, top 10 Bigfoot movies. Well, this week we're going to talk about alien abductions. My, one of my favorite topics there, alien abductions. I'm lined up for that right now. I'm kind of hoping that would happen to me, uh, at least on a full-time basis. I'm not, don't want this whole, like, come visit me every uh, third Friday at 2 in the morning. No, just just take me. Just take me. Uh, I'll go for the ride. And uh, sure, as long as I have ice cream, I'm good to go. So anyway, no cryptid news this week. It's amazing. I uh, couldn't tell you the last time we did not have any cryptid news, but 
Fear not. We've got a lot of UFO news this week, and it all starts in Seattle, Washington. A lot of stuff has started in Seattle, Washington this year. Uh, strange crop circles have appeared at a park in Seattle. No, not that kind of crop. I know they have that there as well, but uh, Seattle. Uh, but first, let me uh, answer a question here. So uh, let me see. I'll go to the website here. So the link, oh, you know what? I think you got me there. Is there a link? I don't think I put the link on there. Did I forget the link? Oh, yeah, there's a link. So the link is uh, right there. You see 2020 show news. It's the, it should be highlighted there. The official Paranormal News Insider Paranormal Poll page is now active. That should be the link right there. <clears throat> takes you to the poll, and they're embedded right there in the web page. Uh, it's also paranewsinsider.com forward slash vote. That's your link. So paranewsinsider.com forward slash vote. Might be running for president, too. I don't know. I haven't made an official announcement, but I'm thinking about it. Thinking about it. Might not have time for the show, though. Now nah, we'll work it in. We'll worry about that when it happens. Uh, so strange crop circles appeared at a park in Seattle, Washington. Uh, Cal Anderson Park. In Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood, uh, it's got large circles that have appeared all over the place in open grass areas of the park. And people are wondering, well, what's what's behind the circles? Are we being visited? Well, the Seattle Parks and Recreation Department is responsible for the circles. Um, they've explained that uh, it's created, obviously, for this COVID-19 and uh, they're there to help create a six foot of space between people who want to sit or lay out in the grass. I guess when it's not raining. Is it raining all the time in Seattle? I don't know. I think. Well, I've been there when it's nice once. Um, so other major cities have also taken similar measures, including spray painting. I don't recommend that. Don't spray paint the grass. Unless you're uh, having a baseball game or football game or something. Uh, and other ways to mark areas for social distancing. So don't fear when you see these crop circles. Because they look like crop circles. They just took a lawnmower and they made big circles. Boy, would be fun. wish I had a zero turn. One of those zero turn lawnmowers. Must be nice. Uh, anyway... We've got, uh, well, crop circles galore. It must be crop circle season. I do believe it is officially crop circle season in England. Uh, we did have uh, a story about crop circles a couple of weeks ago about a fake picture of the Microsoft logo surrounded by the uh, COVID-19 kind of crown thingy. But that was fake if you remember that one. But now we've got some real live crop circles in the ground. So meanwhile, in Wiltshire, England, near Avebury, a farmer has reported a 200-foot-wide crop circle that suddenly appeared in his barley field. Do you use barley and beer? I don't know. 
maybe just bread. Uh, the crop circle was discovered on Friday, May 29th, and is strangely, this is really weird here. I, I, I don't understand this coincidence. Strangely smack dab in the middle of the epicenter for crop circle tourism. Huh. Why isn't that weird? Uh, the farmer has not yet revealed the location of the circle uh, because he doesn't want people trampling the field, of course. Uh, but you're going to put this uh, this uh, all over the place. And the media. Uh, don't understand this one. Uh, so Wiltshire, let me get a picture of that. Throw that in the chat room. So if you're in the chat room, you've got the opportunity to see this. Uh, it looks like a, like a bug in a windshield. It's the best way I, that I can describe it when I first saw it. It just looks like snot or a big, uh, big bug just splattered on a windshield. Let's go with snot. It's like mucinix or something. I, I don't know. Like one of those things on the mucinix commercials. Just splattered all over the field. Doesn't, I, I don't know. It doesn't really look too geometric. It's just kind of random. Uh, they, they tried. They tried. Um, so, yeah, there it is. Just looks like a big glop there in the barley field. Uh, again, the farmer's not revealed the location of the circle, although volunteered to have the uh, pictures taken by a drone put all over the news, all over uh, United Kingdom. Of course. Of course. Um, so, again, 200 foot by 130 feet and he's hoping to keep people from uh, visiting, further ruining the farmer's field. So whoever came out there and flattened it. So if you're looking at this picture, let me explain what you're seeing. So if you look in the middle, you can kind of see swirling. And then you see the dark green areas. So the light green areas is where the crop is flattened. And those uh, green things are actually little islands of barley. Out there, it might be a little weird with the perspective of the drone being almost overhead with that photograph, but uh, you're actually seeing the light green is the flattened part, and the dark green is the uh, standing crop. And you see those little lines where the tractors go through. That, that's how they get in there. It's not a mystery. Not a mystery at all. Um, but some of these pictures, you know, he's trying to keep this anonymous where this thing is. But if you look at some of these pictures, I'm pretty sure I don't live there in England, but I'm pretty sure you could probably, if you know where this area is, uh, some of these mountains and things that are in the background, I'm sure you can identify some landmarks. You could probably put this together pretty quickly. So I'm not sure how big of a secret this is going to be for too long. Um, did share the picture, but let me... Share the link. Also share the links in chat so you can check those out at your laser while you're, of course, listening to the show, of course. And uh, throw these in here delicately so I don't hurt anyone. There it is. Also want to welcome Jim Mallard of the Mallard Report into the chat room as well. Be sure to check out his show after this show, of course. He's on at 9 p.m. Eastern. Every Tuesday, most Tuesdays, like me, probably on more than I am lately. Um, there it is. So we have another one. So if one crop circle in one week isn't enough, there's two. So another crop circle was discovered in the Warminster area 
which if you get in your little crop circle car, uh, it's about a half-hour drive. Depends on how stiff the wind is blowing. Uh, so about a half-hour car ride away from this previous circle. Uh, this one is pretty cool. I actually like this one a little bit better than the, uh, I don't know what you call it, snot rocket. I don't know what that is. Dead bug on the windshield. Uh, this one is pretty cool. I like this one a little bit better. Although I, I think this one is a little bit kind of a giveaway that it's man-made. Um, looks like a, a yin-yang symbol, symbol there. Yin and a yang. Um, more crops killed on one side and less crops killed on the other. There's also a couple of circles around it because you have to have circles for some reason. Um, I don't know why. It's just That's just a thing. It's an art form. You know what I did... I actually kind of think about when I talk about crop circle stories, when I'm going to talk about them. Because, meh, they're probably not, we know, definitely know most of them are not aliens, but uh, it's always lumped in with UFOs and, and aliens. So that's why I talk about it here in the UFO segment. But more than likely, just. Just people and little boards and flattening things. So one book I can recommend with that, which was a book of the week back on February 28th of 2017 here on the Paranormal News Insider, was a book called Circular Evidence, a detailed investigation of the flattened swirled crop phenomena. And that was published way back in 1991 by Pat Delgado and Colin Andrews, two people who have pretty much spearheaded Seriology. Uh, Seriology, not studying cereal. It's a crop circle. It's not a real science, but it just sounds cool. Seriology. I'm a seriologist. Sounds important. Um, but uh, a couple of guys uh, came forward. I uh, forget what, what year that was, but they pretty much admitted that they've been faking most of the crop circles and teaching other people how to do it for quite a long time. So most of the stuff is man-made. Man-made. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Well, there happened to be, I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if you heard about it because there's so much other stuff going on in the news. Uh, but there was this kind of a, a big deal uh, about space this week. I'm not sure if anybody saw this or not. Uh, kind of a big space story. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. But there was this, this rocket that got launched. SpaceX had a, a rocket that launched. I don't, I don't think anybody saw this. Um, it was carrying NASA astronauts Doug Hurley and Bob Menken. Uh, so this is a big deal. And it kind of kind of upset uh, that this got overshadowed by all the craziness and zaniness going on but uh, this is a, a record setting NASA launch. This is a big deal. So the astronauts were the first to launch from US soil since the space shuttle was retired in July of 2011. It's a pretty long time. It's a decent amount of time. And it was also the first time a commercial aerospace company has carried Humans into Earth's orbit. Again, another big deal. We're privatizing space. 
Uh, despite social gathering measures in place, it was estimated that well over 150,000 people gathered to see this historic flight at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's not what the people and the paranormal care about. Nobody really, eh, not too many people really cared about this story for some reason or another. Uh, but the paranormal people, they loved this story, but they didn't care about all the the uh, science going on or the, the uh, history behind it. No, no, that's not what they cared for. Uh, they tuned in. Not to see explosions or anything like that, but they tuned in to the SpaceX live stream in hopes of capturing evidence of UFOs. And boy, did they. Of course they did. Uh, any random shadow or deployed piece of spacecraft or anything else floating in space that's uh, just there. Anything that seemed like it was moving, that uh, was automatically a UFO. Uh, even though uh, most people really don't understand space travel and the the big distances that we see we think things are really close and that's uh, not you're looking at a lot of real estate out there and uh there's a lot of crud up there there's a lot of junk floating around up there so yeah it's, it's may look like a ufo but it's, it's, it's more than likely it's it's all logical stuff that people are saying and no, SpaceX didn't cut streams and, and cut out the different things to evade people from seeing UFOs. It's, there's nothing there. There's nothing to see. It's just all, it's all to get people to click on things and, and uh, read these stories. And so it's all clickbait. Uh, but many more watched the live stream as the Crew Dragon docked with the International Space Station. Uh, I was watching, but not because of UFOs. I was more... Excited about the uh, the ISS and uh, U.S. astronauts going back and getting the flag back, the U.S. flag. I don't know if you read about that. That was exciting. Um, but it just seems like it hasn't stopped. Every day there's uh, a flurry of new stuff coming out about new stories about UFOs discovered and seen all over this thing. Yeah, never mind the history behind it or the fact that <laughs> we finally have launched astronauts into space again, but uh, who cares, right? Uh, it's all about UFOs. But uh, I, I think it's overall, it's, it's a really good, it's a really big step forward. And uh, like I mentioned earlier this year, you're going to hear a lot of stuff about space. And this is one of the biggest things I was looking forward to. But uh, coming up in the next couple of months, we've got some Mars stuff. And uh, so it's going to shift from talking about UFOs to mars pretty soon so we shall see um but speaking of aliens we've got uh you know not everybody believes and i, I know this is crazy because i know a lot of people believe that ufos are buzzing through our atmosphere constantly they're here they're already here um but some people don't believe that. Something, some people think that uh, uh, alien civilizations are extremely far away due to the extreme problems of interstellar travel, which I could go on and on. It's pretty much impossible to travel vast distances, but that's just, uh, that's just science. Don't let science get in the way of beliefs and fun. Uh, but if you believe in that, I've got a story for you. 
And this is a story about a place that I've been talking about on this show for several years. Several years. And uh, it's finally going to do something for the paranormal community. We've been waiting for years for this. It's been open for a, a few years. But now, finally, here we go. Um, so the 500-meter aperture spherical telescope, which is a mouthful, 500-meter aperture spherical telescope, also known as FAST. Of course, it's an acronym, just like everything else in the world. Uh, it's a radio telescope based in southwest China. The telescope has been filled with controversy ever since it began as over 9,000 people were forced to move for construction of the telescope in order to create a radio quiet zone. FAST was built with six science objectives, and I won't name all six because some of them are pretty boring, and I'd have to explain some of this stuff. This is rather weird stuff, but... One of the science objectives is detecting interstellar communication signals. So the uh, fast radio telescope is becoming uh, pretty much the first radio observatory built with SETI, or Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, as a core scientific goal. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so the telescope went online back in 2016. It officially went into service for general science just this year in January. FAST is joining the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, again, or SETI. And will begin scanning the skies hopefully this September. That's when they're slated to use some of the telescope time to gather some data of the sky to crunch uh, there are some upgrades that are being currently being installed, but hopefully it won't affect the project. So to put this in perspective, one of the biggest radio telescopes, uh, probably the most famous one, I should say, as well, uh, radio telescopes, is Arecibo. So Arecibo is a 305-meter telescope located in Puerto Rico and has a detection distance of 18 light years. So it can hear 18 light years of signals. It's pretty good. Uh, fast, however, could search out to 28 light years and would be able to reach 1,400 stars. And if we turn up the power, we hit 11 on the dial, uh, it could reach over a million stars. One million stars. That's excellent. Uh, the chief scientist at the 500-meter aperture spherical telescope says, well, don't get too excited about this. While there may be some interesting signals discovered, they will more than likely originate from pulsars or fast radio bursts instead of an intelligent civilization. But fast will certainly increases, uh, increase our chances of discovery if there is something out there. And I hope I hope there is something to talk about about fast. I hope there is something that we can uh, certainly get excited about and and uh, look forward to. You know, maybe uh, some sort of signal that is a little out of the ordinary. I would hope that's not explainable, even if it is some sort of 
space phenomena we don't know of. I mean, any kind of discovery, I would hope that all that money that went into that thing would uh, come to fruition, especially for the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. So another UFO-based story here that I want to talk about. Uh, You guys uh, that were here last week, we talked about the top 10 Bigfoot movies ranked according to the Internet Movie Database. Uh, Created a little controversy. It wasn't my list. Uh, I just reported on the news. But uh, I think it was pretty good. I think uh, some stuff was a little out there. Uh, A couple movies I really love and now I wanted to watch again. Uh, And some stuff that I totally forgot about. A couple movies that... uh, when they came out or they were coming out of the theaters, I was like, I got to watch that. Let me write that down. But of course, I lost that list. So it doesn't help to write things down when you lose the list. But uh, now there's a couple of ones that I want to watch. So uh, all in all, an interesting story. Uh, but this week, I bring you the best alien abduction movies, according to the Internet Movie Database. And of course, this is from ScreenRant.com. So it's their fault, not mine. If you don't agree with these, you don't like these. And there's some a couple of issues with some of these that I'll talk about. Um, so number 10 was 2006's Altered. So Altered, I actually mentioned that last week. This is, uh, well, maybe I didn't mention it, but uh, it was from the director Eduardo Sanchez, who I did mention, who also had done the Blair Witch Project movie. Remember that? People were getting sick in the theater with all the herky-jerky cameras. And, uh, you know, it was the concept of the discovered lost footage in the woods. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. It's, 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 um, I didn't like it. But it, it I don't know. It was okay. Um, I'll just leave it there. But, you know, again, it's number 10. So, can't expect too much. Uh, number nine is called Communion from 1989. Now, um, this uh, movie starred Christopher Walken, which, you know, if I ever had a movie, definitely want him to play me as me in a movie. That would be awesome. Of course, he's getting kind of old. Um, I guess I don't know what that says about me. Um, but Christopher Walken played Whitley Strieber. Yes, that Whitley Strieber. Uh, So it's essentially a movie about the events of his life, which is pretty cool. If you've not seen that one, uh, definitely worth watching. Uh, Number eight, probably the most controversial on the list. It's 2009's The Fourth Kind. And I remember when this uh, was coming out, it created a lot of issues. Uh, A string of real disappearances brought the FBI to the west coast of Alaska to investigate a string of disappearances. Uh, The FBI found that alcohol and exposure to cold temperatures to be the cause of most of the deaths, although nine of the 20 bodies were never recovered. Uh, That was real. That was uh, truth. Uh, However, the fourth kind... The movie takes these real disappearances, so this real story uh, that, unfortunately, you know, real consequences. People just wandering out in the woods and just just dying of natural causes, basically, or not really natural, but of the environment, uh, and then making them into alien abductions. And this caused a lot of disruption 
for the folks in Nome, Alaska, and uh, really misrepresented the people who went missing by claiming it was based on a real story, although most of it was fabricated around this uh, alien abduction concept. And uh, a lot of people are still asking the question, was that real? Was it based on real events? And um, again, you got to know the part of it that was real was just the fact that people were just died in the woods. They just disappeared because they were uh, out in some very harsh territory, very harsh lands. And uh, unfortunately, just uh, just died. No evidence of alien abductions, but it's really confused people. And of course, the families and uh, people in the area are inundated with phone calls to this day about that movie. So it's caused some disruptions. Uh, number seven movie about alien abductions ranked by the Internet Movie Database uh, is the, the movie The Circle from 2015. Uh, this is probably, I mean, I guess, yeah, well, it is alien abduction. I think about it, it was aliens. Uh, really twisted movie. Uh, I don't like these kind of movies. They make me get up and pace around. I, I just feel a little weird about these. Uh, it's a psychological thriller where these abductees are forced to vote who to kill while in a dark room. I think it's like 50 people, and it narrows down to uh, whew, a couple of people. I had a hard time watching this one. Um, psychological thrillers, though. It's kind of like... Um, uh, I think not like Saw, but I don't know. I'm just, I know there's movies that are similar to it. Um, ah, I don't know. Uh, number six is 2013's Dark Skies, and Dark Skies the best way I can describe uh, is uh, it's almost like the movie Paranormal Activity, but with aliens. That's pretty much it. Uh, number five is the 1993 movie Fire in the Sky. Uh, Again, another movie based on personal experiences. This one, uh, probably the most famous uh, movie based on a person's experience in the UFO field. Travis Walton. So this is based on his book, The Walton Experience. Uh, the number four movie is one of my personal favorites on the list. Uh, probably number two. I mean, it was uh, one of my favorites growing up. It probably loosens my mind a little bit to all this stuff. Granted, Star Wars probably did a pretty darn good job of that too, but um, number two is the 1985's science fiction comedy drama. Boy, we need more of those. Science fiction comedy dramas. Uh, Cocoon. This was an Academy Award winning movie that had Don Amici who won Best Supporting Actor. He also had Wilford Brimley who sadly has gone down as uh, just being known for uh, eating Quaker oatmeal and, and saying uh, diabetes. It's really diabetes. Uh, Brian Dennehy was also in that, as well as Steve Gutenberg. What happened to him? I loved him in Police Academy. Uh, but Cocoon was just an awesome movie. I really loved it. Uh, it's a really one of those feel-good movies, and it makes you cry and, and everything else. It's, it's a really wonderful film. Uh, number three is another movie based on real events, uh, as well as being uh, about a book, which is also, by the way, a book of the week here on the show. Uh, that's the Phoenix Lights. 
That's the name of the movie. Based on the event that happened back in 1997. Well, the Phoenix Lights, the movie, came out in 2005. Uh, it's a great movie. Um, but I don't recall anything to do with abductions in that movie. I, I might have missed something. Uh, it's not in the book. Uh, I don't know about the movie. I don't know if they added something with that. Uh, maybe I don't remember it. It's been a while since I've seen it. But I think it kind of disqualifies it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong because I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, number two, probably number three in my heart in this list, um, Contact. So Contact came out in 1997. Is that that old? Good grief. That's, that would make it 23 years old. Wow. Uh, 1997, Contact. It's based on the novel by Carl Sagan. And, of course, stars Jodie Foster. It's a wonderful movie. Uh, the number one alien abduction movie, according to the Internet Movie Database. And uh, presented by ScreenRant.com. It's not my list. It's their list. Blame them if you don't like it. Um, and if you love it, let them know, I guess. Uh, is oh, by far my favorite on this list. Uh, no movie comes close. Even Cocoon, as much as I love it. Uh, Steven Spielberg. I think you know where I'm going. 1977. It's a classic movie. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, and I'll tell you, one of my biggest pet peeves about movies nowadays is how people seem to make a point to pick out things that are, are out of place or couldn't have happened or just generally wrong inside of a movie and they make a big deal about it. Uh, instead of just enjoying the art of a film, you know, a movie is a piece of artwork and there's a lot of hands that go into it. Sometimes mistakes are made, but that's the, that's the fantasy. It's part of the fun. Let yourself go and, and stop worrying about what's wrong with it. Uh, but I do have to say something uh, that Screen Rant said. So in the article, Screen Rant states that, uh, quote, it's revealed that numerous missing persons had actually been abducted by the aliens, meaning that this was actually a close encounter of the fourth kind. Unquote. Well, yes, it's true, but there's a big but here. Uh, J. Allen Hynek wrote the book The UFO Experience, A Scientific Inquiry in 1972. And in that book, he listed the three kinds of encounters. There was only three. Uh, the fourth through the seventh came from others in UFO research well after the movie. Uh, so at the time of the movie coming out, that's all they had. They only had three types. So I get it. You're right, but you're also uh, wrong. Feels good to say that. Um, just correcting the uh, information is all. Uh, and for me, I, I always tell this. As somebody, if I've you ever heard me on a, a UFO-based show, I always talk about this. Uh, I have a personal connection with this movie. Um, the first is the fact that it's set in Muncie, Indiana. When when a movie first starts, that's the word you see, Muncie, Indiana. And I get, I get chills even thinking about it because Muncie, Indiana, little town even to this day, uh, is where I was born. And I still have family there. Uh, second, the police chase that's also there in the beginning of the movie uh, was based on a real UFO police chase that took place in Ohio and ended up in Pennsylvania. And the uh, the chase 
began about 15 minutes away from where I currently work, which is really weird. <sighs> no, I was not abducted. And no, I've never been to Wyoming. Wyoming. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Um, ghost news. We got some ghost news. I'm, I'm, I'm missing the links, aren't I? You guys are upset. I've got links. Let me go backwards here. I'll throw some links in here before I forget get too far. Uh, so links in the chat room. And again, if you're listening live or you're listening, uh, let's say you're, it's Wednesday night and you missed the show live, you're listening to an archive, a podcast, that's okay. I still love you. Uh, don't worry. Um, and you can't get the links because you're not able to be in the chat room live. Ooh, hope I missed you, Paul. Hope you're all right. Uh, don't fear. Fear not, as the links will be available throughout the week through my social media outlets. Again, facebook.com forward slash Paranews Insider. I guess you could just search for it. I sound like an old man when I say it that way. Paranewsinsider.com forward slash. No, just search for it. You'll find a Par Paranormal News Insider or Paranews Insider. Boom. You'll find it. Uh, also on Twitter, at Paranews Insider. And uh, those are interconnected. So when I post stuff onto Facebook, it just suddenly appears on Twitter. The magic of the internet. Uh, so if you, I know some people like one platform or the other. I I, I do have an Instagram, but I, I don't uh, I don't show off myself in in bikinis or anything like that in in that or my new uh, uh, cheek surgery or anything like that. I guess that's what you got to do, right? My beach pictures. I don't have any beach pictures. Uh, anyway, did I, did I miss any other stories? I think I did. Probably missed about 10 of them, right? Uh, let me put the fast. Put the story in there about the fast. You might want to read about that. It's a good story. Um, there we go. Boom. Done. Look out. And let's see. Space Extreme. Nah. Yeah, you guys get the rest. Don't worry. So we've got ghost news this week. And uh, you remember uh, last week, the week before, I forget, it all blends together. Uh, over the course of the last few weeks, I have talked about how uh, it's been reported. Uh, I know the Atlantic Paranormal Society, so TAPS, those ghost hunter guys, uh, they have mentioned that cases have increased about 30%. Uh, inquiries into ghosts in people's houses have increased. Of course, people staying at home due to uh, uh, the pandemic gripping the world over the last few months. And, uh, you know, so people at home, they're noticing things that maybe they've not noticed before. And... Yeah, so a lot of ghost groups have been uh, reporting this as well. There's been a lot of stories ever since uh, the uh, Atlantic Paranormal Society uh, published their story. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, there seems like there's a whole bunch coming out of the woodwork. Uh, local stories and local things coming out about all this. Um, so a paranormal group in Pennsylvania has also made the claim that their caseload has increased about 30 to 40 percent 
since the mandatory stay-at-home measures were put into place. Kind of weird. I wonder how they got the math to match up. That's interesting. Anyway, uh, they state that people are more aware of their surroundings. Not sure about that. But uh, New York Times also published a story about this, uh, which is interesting that the New York Times is thinking about ghosts in this day and age. Uh, John E.L. Tenney, former host of the television show Ghost Stalkers, uh, says he normally receives about two to five reports of hauntings each month last year. So two to five reports a month. That's about what I get right now. Uh, So far this year, those numbers are about five to ten a week. I guess if I do the math, take off my socks, uh, it's more than 30%. Let's say uh, he states he has also seen the spike before, just prior to Y2K. Uh, so Y2K is uh, 1999 going into the year 2000, where we all sat waiting for the power to go out, our computers to blow up, uh, Cyberdyne Industries to take over, and uh, you know the world to come to an end. But it didn't. It would take 20 years for that to happen. Um, So in 1999, there were spikes in ghosts, poltergeists, and UFO activity, which is true. I do remember that. Uh, That was a very heavy year, heavy fall, and and, uh, 2000 was also heavy in cases, which is – actually, I got burned out that year, and I took the next three years off. And I lost a couple people over that too. They were pretty burned out about cases. Anyway, uh, he says – uh, Johnny Yeltenny says, quote, it does seem to have something to do with our heightened state of anxiety, our hypervigilance, unquote. Um, he believes a majority of these purported hauntings are explainable. They live in the house but are not normally home enough to notice certain things that occur, such as the temperature fluctuations outside causing the house to pop and crack due to expansion, which, uh, you know, I just moved into a new home. It's been, what, two months, I think, I've been in the house. And, um, yeah, I've noticed all kinds of weird sounds. Getting used to uh, the acoustics and, and just weird sounds around the house. So I can imagine if I didn't spend time at home and I heard these things for the first time, yeah, yeah, my mind would probably wander wander to that as well. Uh, Kurt Gray, an associate professor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, who studies how we perceive and treat the minds of other entities, including animals, machines, and the dead, says that times like these, where there is chaos, can lead to perceived hauntings. Uh, He says, in quarantine, you are physically confined and also psychologically confined your world narrows. You're trapped at home. you needing human contact. It's comforting to think that there's a supernatural agent here with you, unquote. Uh, I don't know. Tell that to the people that are stuck with their three, four kids running around the house all day long. Uh, yeah. Uh, granted, most people who encounter such entities, even if not real, We'll certainly perceive, perceive them as real and will not surrender to such explanations. Uh, that comes from my personal experience. I know uh, 
uh, you can explain things to people and tell them this is probably what you're encountering based on what we've what we've gathered and they're going to deny it no 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 it's not natural this is a ghost i know it um so tenny recommends that those who are encountering something that they perceive as a ghost uh, need to take careful notes on what they observe and uh, i totally agree with that that's uh, one thing i've always told people uh, take careful notes and notate everything so uh, what time of day it happens, who observed it, what you observed, where it happened, what were you doing before that, what you did afterwards, how you reacted to it, how you felt about it. Uh, I used to have this long list. It was pretty much like 30 questions that I told people to write down. Every time they think they have something paranormal, answer all these questions about it because that will help me kind of gauge what's going on. And uh, a lot of people, when they did that a few times, of course, there was a lot of paperwork for them. They didn't really want to do it. Uh, they've kind of sort of noticed that the, the amount of things went down. And a part of that, I think, is is when we start to analyze these things, scientifically analyze things, uh, it starts to stop. It starts to wane on its own because this you're kind of hurting the connection to the paranormal. But at the same time, uh, a lot of people also realize that the things that were going on were just that. They were explainable. And once they put two and two together that uh, – uh, the garage door making strange sounds and the uh, uh, the window creaking uh, happened when the wind gusts were up to 20 some odd miles an hour. So they kind of put two and two together like, well, you know what? Now that you think about it, it was really windy that night. Uh, so uh, there you go. Uh, and other news, I just kind of threw this one in here because I thought it was really, really exciting. But uh, before I get too far i got a couple of links about that last story, but a really weird story that happened uh, in India. I've got to talk about this. This is just the, really the coolest thing. And I thought, you know what? I don't care how many stories I've got. i got to mention this story. It's just really, really out there, especially with what we're dealing with with the uh, pandemic and everything else. Let's see if this one works. Boo. Uh, so there's a couple of links there for you. The first one is from... Uh, the paranormal group in Pennsylvania. The second one there, New York Times, is about the uh, more sciencey side, Jenny L. Tenney and uh, uh, Kurt Gray information. But anyway, uh, this thing, this last story I have for you here tonight, comes from uh, yeah, from India, and it sounds like something out of a movie. It really does. Uh, so a gang of rhesus macaque monkeys which uh, they've been having problems with those uh, all over India uh, because they're used to uh, tourists basically giving them food, giving them free handouts and uh, being able to get food uh, from human activity. But now they've not been able to. So a lot of these monkeys have gone a little crazy and have uh, actually attacked people, whoever's out and about uh, attacking them for uh, because they want food. Because we've um, unfortunately made them this way. But this gang of rhesus macaque monkeys attacked a laboratory assistant and actually stole blood sample tests of potential COVID-19 patients. Strange. Like, why do they, how do they think of that? Uh, so again, this happened in Delhi, India late last week while one monkey was observed chewing on the test kit 
The kits were later recovered intact. And there seems to be no potential for contamination of the monkeys. I swear I saw a movie like that. Maybe once or twice. Uh, so looks like in the chat room the links aren't working. Well, let me try this. See what happens here. And uh, maybe I maybe I did this. Let's try this. There we go. There it is. That's what I did. I used the. Didn't shorten it up. It's my fault. My fault. Rookie mistake. Uh, so here's that link. Um, so. Again, don't forget the website. When you go to paranewsinsider.com, right there on the front page, you're going to see a link for the paranormal poll. And there's some interesting questions. So I'm asking you about your favorite paranormal book. I want to get back into talking about books, and I want to hear what kind of books you guys like, the listeners like, and uh, compare that to my list. And we'll talk about books that uh, that I've talked about here and maybe get some some exciting books to talk about here in the future. There's also another question on there about paranormal experts. And I've been writing a blog entry for quite a while, kind of going back and forth about so-called paranormal experts. Can you really be an expert in the unknown? That's always been the million dollar question here in the field. Can you be an expert? And, you know, some people say yes, some people say no. And uh, so that's why I've uh, put a little votey thing in there. So you can vote what you think. Um, personally, I think it's um, I think it's possible. You know, an expert doesn't know everything. But just an expert knows a lot about a field. There's somebody that people can go to to uh, know a lot about a field. You don't have to have the answers to it. You just know a lot about it. So it's not as if you're... You know about the paranormal. You have the answers to the paranormal. Just you know a lot about it. And generally, those are people who are, uh, they do one thing. So if they're an, an, an exorcist, which is an example in the chat room. So if I'm an exorcist, I probably know a lot about the, the uh, Catholic rites of performing an, an exorcism. So that would probably make me uh, an expert in exorcisms. But that's just my opinion. And we all have those. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to vote on that, I think I still have the one for the TV shows in there as well. So um, feel free to go in there and vote for that. And we will talk about those results and we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that. We'll kind of go. Uh, so my blog post, hopefully I can get that. Some people give uh, some more data then I can. I have uh, some things to post about that as well. But. Uh, you know, I see both sides of that. I think that there's uh, there's logic on both ends of that. It's just really how we decide to look at it or decide to uh, really feel which side is what, what has more weight, uh, you know, as far as being an expert. I want to show, okay, there's the last link of the night, of the week. And again, uh, Paranormal Books i got to finish the site. I'll hopefully get that site up to you uh, and finish. i got got like 27 more books, I think, to add, which takes time. takes time. And hopefully I'll let you guys know before next week's show. And hopefully we still have a planet to uh, – you know, that's a great question. Where is the X-Files show? That's, that's good. I didn't put that on there. 
wonder why. Well, it's off the air. Well, so is some of the other shows that are on there. But, uh, yeah, maybe I'll have to add that to that. Anyway, so let me know your favorite paranormal books before next week. That's your homework. What was your homework last week? That's all right. I'll let you slide. Uh, don't worry. Everyone's going to graduate. Everyone's going to get an A on their test. I'm going to give you the answers. Don't worry. I'm not. I'm that kind of professor. Wait, I'm only a doctor. I'm not that kind of doctor. Anyway, uh, as always, I want to thank everybody for uh, showing up in chat. And, uh, you know, if you didn't show up in chat, that's okay. If you're listening to the uh, show, I'm just reading some of the stuff. I shouldn't read when I'm uh, trying to talk about baseball bats, mason jars filled with stuff that I can't mention on the air. Anyway, uh, yeah, if you're listening to the show, I appreciate you just as much as anybody else. Uh, but I really love uh, the people in the chat room to keep me company so I don't feel like I'm talking to myself. It's just awkward sometimes. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for listening to the show and uh, taking your time out. I, I do appreciate that. Hopefully I've given you something to distract you from the craziness and zaniness of the world. And I hope you appreciate that. So. That being said, I will see you next week. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, and the hair standing on the back of your neck. And always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting. <laughs>